0: Welcome, Christine. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Joe. It's a real pleasure to be here. I'm really excited. So hey, everybody, I'm Christine Crandall. And basically, I spent all of my time and have for the past several decades getting into the heads of customers. So that's kind of where I live. And I'm really thrilled to be here today to talk about a topic that affects all of us, customer experience. So brands approach experience differently, you know, mainly through marketing and customer support, and while we've made great advances in meeting customer expectations at scale, we still face challenges. Rapidly evolving expectations are outdating today's approaches and they're creating significant g- gaps, like the gap between what um, a vendor thinks the customer wants as their experience or the life cycle, and what the customer actually really wants. That gap is often pretty huge. And then the gap that's formed when companies talk about their experience or their commitment to experience, and it doesn't match the actual experience that the shareholders or the stockholders, stakeholders, I should say, have. And then there's the gap when automation fails the way Um, customers' response expectations are. Like when you want to talk to a human and you've got a real problem and the only choice you've got is a chat bot, right? What I find really interesting in this is that revenue gaps and security and experience gaps go hand in hand. While revenue gaps are not tolerated and are swiftly addressed, experience gaps are often overlooked. So it's kind of time that we change this perspective. So let's dive in and explore how bridging these gaps can drive revenue. So as we strive to close these gaps, we need to be clear, first of all, on what problem that we're solving, right? Should we focus on fixing customer experience programs to deliver measurable ROI? That's kind of business as usual. Or should we focus on how to use experience and customer experience to drive more ARR and NRR? And that's about everybody's goal right now. That's kind of what everybody's focused on. Or should we view experience as a strategy element to realize an organization's real potential? And that's actually what I'm hearing a lot of C-suites and boards talk about. That's really how they're starting to look at the next step from CX. So why isn't experience already a strategy element? And the interesting part is just as we set aspirations and we plan and set objectives for revenue and product and and quality, we, we also need to do the same thing for experience. And by doing so, if we were to plan for experience like we would the other elements, we actually address four critical success factors that are really needed to thrive in today's, you know, times of unpredictability. So the first one is expand the notion of experience. So this, and you've noticed I've dropped the vernacular of customer. So when we look at experience, we have to expand it to include all stakeholders, not just customers and employees. The second is we need to change mindset around what experience truly means. And we'll talk a little more about that. And then the third is intentionally plan experience across the entire organization and throughout all stakeholders' life cycles. And then the fourth is reinforce ownership of experience by including metrics in OKRs and KPIs. And so the best way to go do that, and believe me, we can do this and companies are doing it, the best way to do that is, is in a straightforward process and keep it simple. And that's called experience-led growth. So, all right, we're going to flip the script here and dive into the world of experience-led growth. And this is where the magic happens. I'm I'm totally like, so excited. I love this. I love ELG. Um, So, ELG is all about understanding and meeting the expectations of everyone, right? That's customers, employees, vendors, investors, and the communities that we work in, that we live in. So it's about going beyond just products and services and, del- and in delivering exceptional value to all stakeholders. Now, I am not separating B2C from B2B. This is just even more relevant for B2B. And so my frame of reference coming into this is B2B. And so what you're going to see is, is as a result, when you look at a lot of B2B companies, is that they're stuck either being market or product oriented. But with ELG, you know, we're shaking things up. We're looking at experiences being the driving force behind revenue growth that embraces the best of product and market-led principles. So it's sort of like the ultimate power combo, right? But before we dive into how to do ELG, let's talk a little bit about the benefits. And this is the stuff that I've seen firsthand. So this is what I'm so passionate about ELG, is that number one, you're gonna clearly define what your organization will achieve um, on its current and its future aspirations. So goodbye to these vague goals, right? Vagueness does not help. The next is focus your resources, time, money, people, capacity, if you're a manufacturing plant, Or distribution center on the most critical activities that drive results we spend way too much time trying to plan everything and trying to spend time on everything it's all about focus it's all about prioritization and that makes your business agile durable and resilient and then The last benefit is, for many, but their last benefit is say goodbye to putting out fires all the time, right? How many of you spent all day putting out fires? Wouldn't it be better to have a mechanism, an approach that enables you to be proactive versus reactive, And here's the little secret about ELG. It works like a charm for small startups and as well as for large organizations. So size really doesn't matter when it comes to unleashing the power of experience.